0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Franchising and You, a production of Franchise Foundry. My name is Paul Segretta. I'm your host Saturday mornings at 9:30 a.m. Eastern Time, 8:30 a.m. Central Time, as together we explore how franchising might be right for you. Today we're broadcasting live, as we often will, as we move forward. As the show matures, we're in San Antonio, Texas a fantastic entrepreneurial city. We're at the beautiful and Contrera Resort up at the key to the hills, right at the beginning of the hill country. You ever have an opportunity, come out here and uh, and take a look. Just a fantastic um, venue. So if you're interested in learning more about owning your own business and considering franchising as the path to business ownership, or if you're interested in expanding your business and franchise portfolio, or... If you're a current business owner exploring whether to franchise your business, if you've answered yes to any of these questions, then you're in the right place. I'd like to thank Jack Monson, Chief Revenue Officer at Social Joey, for being my guest last week. He shared some fantastic advice and tips about effectively using social media to explore <clears throat> and research franchise opportunities. Listen to last week's show and all previous shows on demand at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash. Franchising and you. As we've been discussing our franchising and you, there are three major areas, or at least um, areas that require attention, let's say, in the franchise sales process. First, of course, the legal aspects of buying the franchise. Those are your obligations, responsibilities, and, of course, potential liabilities. And next is funding your franchise. Of course, those are various options, including SBA loans, 401k rollovers. Securities, back loans, and other financial instruments, and last but not least, location, 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 slash lease negotiation, and the understanding of an assortment of plethora of important terms. Our three sponsors of franchising and you can certainly help in each of these areas, and I especially like to thank them for sharing their insight and experience with us as guests on the show through the first month of us broadcasting, and of course there'll be regular guests moving forward. Throughout today's show, we'll recognize them by name. We'll start now with FranFund. FranFund partners with franchisees to get the financing they need to get the doors to their business open quicker and easier. With its own in-house lending team who takes care of the underwriting, FranFund is able to accelerate the funding process so clients can move forward even faster. To learn more about the personalized options that are available, visit FranFund.com to get your free funding toolkit. Today on Franchising in You, I'm honored to welcome Dave Sullivan to the show. I've known Dave now for several years. He's president of Priority Franchising, a distinguished member of the Franchise Brokers Association, a strategic partner with my company, Franchise Foundry, and oh yes, a great golfer with a recent hole-in-one. Dave, welcome to Franchising in You.
0: Well, thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Didn't think that hole-in-one was
1: going to make it on the air, did you?
0: Uh, no, I had two of them this year, actually. But uh... <laughs>
1: that's awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's jump right into the mix, Dave, and, and ask the million-dollar question. You know, why should an individual who may be considering business ownership contact a franchise broker at the earliest point possible?
0: You know, Paul. You know, I I think uh, people realize that purchasing a franchise is. Often, you know, one of the largest investments and important decisions a family can make. And starting a business is a very scary thing. You know, it's a life-changing event. Uh, you know, a man told me one time that uh, about people who invest. They said they'll invest a lot of money in in uh, real estate. They'll invest a lot of money in the stock market. Uh, they'll even invest a lot of money in another person's business. But when it comes to investing money in themselves, scared to death. And um, the challenge is that there are thousands of opportunities out there, and the right choice to match a person's personal and financial goals are are typically not the franchise brands that people think about right away. Uh, A lot of the established brands they know are – they're either oversaturated in an area and not available, uh, they're very expensive, or they really don't give the the return on investment you'd think that they – uh, they would. So how does a person discover what are the best options and get the real information so that they can make an informed decision? The answer is real simple. They can use a qualified franchise broker. You know, over the years, people have uh, asked that question, uh, why should I use a broker? And I began to think about that and I thought, you know, why wouldn't a person use a franchise broker? Uh, you know, I, I thought about why wouldn't a person want the advice of a professional who had either been a franchise owner, or been involved in franchising, or business ownership for years? Why wouldn't they want somebody to help them find and uh, maybe funding options through fan fund? Uh, why wouldn't they want somebody to do demographic research? Uh, help discover red flags in the franchise disclosure document, who wouldn't want somebody to, to help them negotiate a better deal and simply be an advocate through the entire process. I can only think of two reasons. One, they never heard of a broker. That was me. I never even knew brokers existed. Or number two, they don't understand how a broker operates, particularly the fact of that it doesn't cost them anything. When I'm asked how much – uh, uh, do I charge? I don't tell them I'm free. Uh, I'm not free. It's just that I'm paid by the franchise, not the, not the client I'm working with. So when it comes to um, working with uh, a franchise broker, uh, I think that uh, the key is finding the right opportunity for your unique situation, interest, and experience, and that's how franchise uh, brokers help. Uh, they do utilize their experience and industry, as industry professionals to sort of thort, sort through those options and find what works best for their that uh, person's personal goals. Yeah, as we
1: mentioned, um, or actually, as the title of the show is uh, "Using a Franchise Broker to Find the Right Fit Franchise," you know, for you, I think you you know made it a, a good point. You know, with so many thousands of franchise opportunities out there, how does an individual find? that right fit franchise that not only accommodates, you know, their financial investment that they're looking to make, but their lifestyle, how it fits in with their family. Is the spouse involved? Is it something that children can be brought into the equation later on? Is it something that can be left as a legacy? And the bottom line is 80% of the people who are out there are more interested in help, how it helps them achieve their wishes, uh, hopes, and dreams. So, Dave, you, you mentioned the word, you know, qualified. So how does an individual know a particular franchise broker is qualified to help them?
0: You know, I, I look at uh, a couple things. One, as they're working with a broker, uh, first of all, how much time does that broker spend getting to know them? Um, are they listening to you or are they talking at you? Uh, does a broker provide a, a bio on themselves? Do they have industry experience? And you know, this process should feel more like a broker's being uh, guiding them through the system, not trying to sell them something. Um, if you're if you're working, in my opinion, with a competent broker, the process does not end when the franchise companies have been introduced. Uh, a broker should be both a resource and a guideline or a guide as you perform, you know, as they perform their due diligence. Uh, the International Franchise Association, the, uh, Association, the IFA, uh, is a great resource. And um, they have a great guideline when choosing a franchise broker. And I'd like to read them to you. It says, you know, how long has a franchise consultant uh, been in the business, first of all, uh, only because there's a lot of flash-in-the-pan businesses But one that's been serving people for several years are going to show that, you know, they have the right stuff to help their candidates. The second thing they point out is, does your consultant have industry experience? You know, franchising is a business model unlike any other. And people who have owned their own franchise business or work for a franchisor truly do have, uh, you know, a better insight into franchising. Number three, they say, how many franchise companies does your consultant represent? You know, ideally... Uh, A consultant should represent enough franchise concepts so that they have a a good selection of industries and costs involved to offer a person. Uh, You know, however, a company needs, you know, a broker doesn't need to represent hundreds and hundreds of companies. Uh, Your better consultant knows, you know, each company they represent, and the better job. Uh, the better, you know, they know that the better they're going to be at matching. And lastly, do they like or trust the franchise consultant? You know, uh, you'll want to look for a consultant that can understand needs and uh, will listen to your concerns. If your consultant's pushing you in a particular direction or doesn't seem to have the time for you, uh, I would su- suggest move on. That was my experience early on. Um, I got into this business in 2010, and it was a result of looking at a franchise. I'd owned franchises before. I'd started business from scratch. I had bought an ex- existing business. But my wife and I, in the end of 2009, had sold a business, and we started to look at franchising. And I did what most people do. Uh, I went online. I started putting my information in. I started getting calls. And uh, we were interested in a particular franchise we had seen uh, uh, I had experience. It was a food franchise. And um, a franchise broker, or called himself a franchise consultant, called me up. And I didn't know what they did, but he explained that his services were free. He'll help me uh, through the process. And here's what he did. He found out how much money I had, how much I was willing to spend, and then emailed me links different franchise concepts and told me that when I see one that I have an interest in, give him a call. I thought to myself, if wow. this is what a franchise <laughs> broker does, <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I just couldn't understand it. So what it actually did, it's, it caused a career change for me. You know, I've had a lot of experience, almost, well, I hate the age of myself, but 35 years um, in, in the business world. And I've always uh, valued business ownership, and I'd love to see people start in a business. And I thought, you know, if this is what these people are getting out there, then I, I'd I'd like to I'd like to help. So I knew I needed a couple things. One, even though I understood business, I needed training. Number one. Number two, I needed support as I'm starting my my uh, practice. And number three, I needed the association of other brokers who I can collaborate with and learn from. So I looked at different uh, uh, groups out there, and I uh, uh, joined the group that I felt was uh, offered the best training and the best support. And that's how I started my business. So I think when you're looking, and, and I hate to say it, I was at a Discovery Day um, in Tampa here a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to the franchise developer, and he says, it's amazing. How a broker sends me an uh, an email and a name and expects me to work through this. So uh, I would say um, follow the F uh, the
1: uh, IFA's guidelines. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. Um, you know, we have a, a quote online uh, through FranchiseGator.com <laughs> in an article uh, from 2016. It was about the benefits of using a franchise broker, and the quote from there: um, "Sometimes called business coaches, advisors, referral sources, or franchise consultants, franchise brokers can be an invaluable asset when hacking through the franchise jungle." And I think that resonates, you know, very well. As you said, um, you were talking early on with somebody that called themselves a, a franchise consultant. At the end of the day, they're a third-party seller. They are a franchise broker. And I know one bit of information that I'll share with people is, you know, don't, don't be confused. I mean, at the end of the day, they're franchise brokers, no matter what they, they call themselves, but because they're putting together their conduit, so to speak, uh, between the franchisor and you as the uh, individual. Well, let's take a break and recognize another of our great sponsors, Spadio LaNana. The fine attorneys of the National Boutique Law Firm represent both franchisees and franchisors. They help walk franchisees through every step in the journey into business ownership while also helping franchisors navigate the myriad of federal and state regulations, keeping them on track to grow and support their franchisees. Learn more about Tom Spade and his great team at www.spadialaw.com. Dave, um, take us through the various phases one might travel through when working with a franchise broker.
0: Okay. Um, You know, each broker is going to work a little differently. Um, I'll take you through my steps. I I think initially, um, when I uh, contact, the first step is an initial interview. Uh, What I want to try to help the client see at the beginning is, is business ownership for them to begin. Um, A lot of times I talk with people who They're unhappy with what they're doing, but basically it's because, you know, they've been working in a company for several years. Uh, They see the owner coming in maybe once or twice a week or once or twice a month. Uh, In the wintertime, they always have a tan because they've been on cruises. They're really living the life. And people say, you know what? That's what I want. I'm going to get online, and I'm going to find a business. Well, what they didn't see, Paul, is they didn't see the many years of suffering that that owner went through many 16 hour days. Uh, you're one of those kind of guys. I mean, you are working this business seven days a week. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know many people in this industry that don't know Paul Segretto. You've mentored a lot of people in this business, including myself. Uh, but, you know, they look at this. I want them to see, first of all, I want them to see everything, not just the good part, because I don't want any surprises. So, you know, the first thing I want to do is is talk to them about, is business for them? Uh, If it is, is franchising for them? Because franchising has to do with uh, following systems and procedures. And if a person is not that type or wants to be that lone wolf and do their own thing, franchising is probably not for them. i may give an example of something else. I uh, started to invest in the stock market in uh, 2000, the dot com. Craze. And my wife says, I'm known as a person who buys high and sells low. And uh, so, I mean, I I just don't have the temperament for the business, you know. I buy, and now the most I'll do is is, uh, mutual funds because somebody else can handle it for me. But uh, buying stocks myself, I would buy a stock as soon as it started to go up, I buy a bunch more of it. As soon as it started going down, I'd get scared. I'd be up all night. I'd sell it. Now, you could give me, provide me the best training, the best support, the best system, the best of everything about how to be a successful investor in the stock market. And I'm telling you, I'd fail because I don't have the temperament for it. So I think what's important for a good broker to do is, first of all, help that person determine if uh uh uh, franchising is for them and we do that in a few ways on the initial call as an example which is the first one Uh, we're going to interview that person Uh, in our initial conversation uh, we want to sort of understand their goals objectives desires uh you know how serious are they about this Uh, and then we'll provide them uh, with an initial file and evaluation uh, form that basically we go over with them to help identify know, their areas of interest and strengths. Uh, I'll also gather the information to understand what is their background, their experience, their skill factors, uh, their financial status, interest, and a lot of other, you know, relevant information. And this may take one or two calls to get this completed. Um, Second is franchise education. I want them to understand what franchising is all about. Uh, What are they buying with a franchise? Most people think they're buying a brand name. Of, of course, that's you know, part of the package, but it's not the primary reason for purchase in a franchise. People are buying a system. They're buying someone else's experience. They're paying them to save tens of thousands of dollars on ineffective trial and error. They're buying a well-developed instruction manual on how to do every aspect of the business well the first time around. And this is really invaluable. So I want to I spend time uh, educating them. And the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, – my step three is I want to provide information about funding options, such as uh, through Fran Fund or uh, you know, SBA or 401K rollovers, unsecured, equipment leasing, private equity, traditional asset back. Uh, and uh uh, funding and things like that i want to and the reason i bring it up at this particular point is um investing is a scary thing if a person's never done it before and and sometimes people think they have more money than they do and some people don't realize how much they have available to them so i like to get them into funding first because that takes something out of the way um Mm -hmm. the fourth thing we do at that point paul is uh uh, with the information I've gathered, we begin to do some research with different franchise concepts that we feel will be a good fit. Um, and then we do uh, with those we find that we feel we'd like to present to the client. We do what's called a territory check. We do demographic studies of the area to see would that particular concept work well in that city? Because what works well in Coral Springs, Florida, may not work well in Woodland Hills. So, um we, we help them with that. And then the fifth step, we I present them with the franchise concepts. Uh, the goal of that call is to help the buyer come to their own conclusion uh, if one or more of the franchises I've shown could could work for them. So let's say um, they picked a particular franchise they have an interest in. Uh, the, the next step, I introduce them to the franchisor. And the objective of that introduction is to uh, introduce the the candidate to the uh, you know the franchise system uh
1: sure.
0: franchisers provide a and pretty much an opening discussion about the brand and and the candidate asks questions now i'm there with them as more support and a facilitator than anything i let the franchisor uh, it, they're experts in their, their brand i'm not uh, and at this point we provide that franchise or the company with, you know, all the financial and personal information about the candidate at that particular, you know, that particular time. And then, um, uh, we do, uh, we assist in the, in the due diligence on the franchise. You know, I want to, I, even so though,
1: let's, Dave, uh, let's back go ahead. Dave, let's back up a second. Okay? You, okay. you mentioned about, uh, profiling, I think it was in your second step. And I know there's a mm-hmm. number of profiling resources that are out there. I know one that uh, I'm particularly fond of is a good friend of ours, uh, Rebecca Monet and, and Zorical. My- if you would, mm-hmm. you know, please take just a little deeper dive into what a candidate goes through, through that type of, of resource and what it looks like when, it, when that candidate comes out of it. What kind of information do they get from that in particular?
0: Okay, great question. You know, I've uh, uh, Rebecca is amazing, and uh, I've been working with her and using what's called the spot-on assessment uh, with my clients for the last couple of years. Um, you know, finding the right business is all about compatibility and leveraging that person's skills. Um, as we know, you know, a business that's right for one person isn't necessarily a good fit for, for another. So using a tool like Zorical or the spot-on assessment can can be helpful because it deals in four basic areas. One is values. Uh, values in, indicate, uh, you know, they're key motivators. What do they value? Um, and they break that into four different categories. And I don't want to bore bore people with this. One is, uh, in the Shehab's terms, uh, is a, what's called a Belonger. That's a, that's a person who is a hands-on business builder focused on long-term relationships and customer satisfaction. So I present to them, or they favor a proven practical service or solution-based business. Uh, Another person maybe is an independent thinker, uh, quick to make decisions, enjoys taking risks. Uh, So independence and quick profitability are the keys to selecting a business for them. Um, Another person is an achiever. They're sort of a tenacious business builder. Uh, never satisfied until they dominate the market. So you know they prefer uh, maybe a unique, scalable, quality service, business-to-business or practical solution-oriented concept. And a, 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 another one is called a societal. Basically, is an intelligent, uh, visionary business builder, and really committed to influence, inspiring people. So they prefer you know, innovative, uh, change or cause-based concepts. But what I'm driving at is without this tool – and this is just a part of the puzzle. It is not the tool that's going to help me determine sure. that. But without this tool, I would not know these things. I didn't know this before because another part right. is the stages of growth you know, uh, of a franchise. What's the best fit? Uh, do they fit with an entrepreneurial emerging brand? Are they the kind of person who wants to be a part of building something, wants to be on the ground floor, wants to be the person that that's looked at years from now as, wow, I wish I'd have got in when he got in. Is that the kind of person I have or do I have the kind of a person that that wants a plug and play? In other words, it's and that's usually, you know, 70 to 500 franchise units. And uh, that maybe that's why open the door. I turn the key. I walk in, and here's what I do. And uh, and then people want what's called we call empire. Uh, an empire would be a, a Domino's or a Subway or something where they have actually thousands of franchise units. So, you know where do they best fit. So the assessment helps my client uh, and I, as we evaluate this, determine those things. And um, culture is important. Uh, an example would be a person is competitive okay um leaders with competitive type personalities are are demanding hard-driving goal-oriented that's the kind of people they are so we want to match them with a concept that has that same culture in mind and work styles the fourth you know the uh The greatest satisfaction, effective one in this, you know, someone needs to seek a work or business environment consistent with their natural tendencies. They don't want to have to change. You know, people typically don't change their, their, their uh, values change a little bit, but, but pretty much a a person who's a hard worker has always been a hard worker person who isn't never was, you know? So
1: I really think these
0: assessments uh, are, are just,
1: you know, uh, worth their weight in gold. That's for sure. I appreciate that. We're going to have Rebecca Monet on a future uh, episode of Franchising and You, and we'll certainly take a deeper dive into it. But you did a great job uh, explaining it. In my opinion, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about entrepreneurship and they talk about franchising, and there's been an ongoing debate for many years as whether a franchisee is really an entrepreneur. And um, and there's a line kind of drawn down know the uh, the middle of the road and I think you know some of that, you know, comes from, you know, this type of uh assessment, you know, risk factor. You know, sure, entrepreneurs, you know, um they have a um, a tendency to take, you know, larger risk. Um matter of fact, you know, in the old days you used to refer to the entrepreneurs as the as the renegades uh in the business world. And they were the right. ones. They were the, the rough riders. Um and and some people still like that and of course they might look, as you said, at an emerging brand and want to be working hand-in-hand with the owner. They like the idea of the of the, the owner's vision and being able to pick up the phone and call the owner of the of the brand, and certainly they're not going to get that at a Domino's or uh, or a McDonald's or uh, a number of others that are, um, as you refer to, as, as empire brands. There are others, and uh, a lot of people that fall into the category of of engineers, um, I know I'll, it's so hard to see an engineer go into an emerging brand because they want everything checked twice, the, the T's crossed twice, the I's right. you know dotted twice, and and they want a system and they're the type that wants to put the key in the door in the, at the beginning of the day and a key in the door at the the end of the day, and and be done with it for the day, where, uh, whereas in an emerging brand it would probably you know drive them crazy. So there are a lot of different things that are out there. And of course, you know, that other question about, you know, the question about franchisees being entrepreneurs, you know, they could start out as a a, a very conservative individual and, uh, and start with an empire type brand and then become somewhat entrepreneurial uh, over the years when they decide to open, you know, multi-units. And now of course the entrepreneurial tendencies Uh, tend to kick in. Dave, what can a candidate expect from a franchise broker when it's time to actually get down to, you know, deciding between those last two brands that they're looking at? How valuable is a franchise broker at that
0: point? I think extremely valuable for, for several reasons. A good broker is going to have a lot of tools at their disposal to help research that franchise. Um, the franchise disclosure document, which is provided by every franchise, is a great starting point. So um, I will work through uh, and um, look at those franchise disclosure documents with my candidate uh, to maybe determine some question areas we have and things like that. I look at the track record of the, uh, of the franchise Uh, A franchise was presented to me last week uh, as being a good franchise and by the franchisor, of course. And um, in the last three years, they've lost 54% of their franchisees. Now, there could be various reasons for that. I mean, as companies go through growth, maybe what they did is they had a lot of rebels out there, and and they uh, wanted to bring them back in line. And bring them consistent the brand and maybe that was the reason but more than not it's because either they selected the wrong person or they don't have the support so i want to take a look at their track record we want to deal with the investment i want my client to know every dime it's going to cost so we find that a variety of ways a lot of the franchises more today than yester of yesteryear are providing what's called an item 19 which is an earnings claim however Uh, I find that the best way to learn about monies is to talk to actual franchisees. So we, uh, and a lot of times I'll be on the call with my client and the franchisee. Um, As an example, I like to talk to basically, you know, a couple types of franchisees. I like to talk to a top producer. And the reason I want to talk to their top producer is it shows us where the ceiling is uh, as far as income wise. And uh, then I want to talk to a, a franchisee who's new in the system, maybe within the last year. Because let's suppose that um, in the franchise disclosure document in item seven that talks about cost says that the range is from, I'll say, 250 to $350,000 total investment in. Well, I may ask that new franchisee. First of all, how is the support? I mean, we have a variety of questions we ask, and I provide that information to uh, to my client. But I um, will ask them about monies. Um, the, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say it this way, it says that the total investment is somewhere between 250 to 300,000. Did you find that to be the case? And they may say, you know what? It was actually a lot less for these reasons, or you know what? Tell your uh, client they'll need uh, another 100000 Now, that doesn't mean the concept isn't good, and that doesn't mean the client isn't going to get involved in the franchise. But I want to be w- – at least we want to be better prepared because one of the reasons, as you know, Paul, that businesses fail is they're undercapitalized. So I want to make sure that uh, we uh, deal with that. And then I want to talk uh, – we, we ferret out competition. What's a competition like out there? What are they going to be running into? And what's right. your training? Absolutely. You know, training is vitally important. I'll see, these, I'll see different companies that have great training. I mean, it's a couple weeks in the, in the corporate. They also come out back to the location. They work with their clients. They help them have a, a grand opening. They work with them. And there are a few out there that have a one-week training, send you home, and wish you luck. So I more and more we're finding, I believe something came out two years ago, uh, and I don't know if IFA put it out or not, but it was talking about the more successful brands out there are the brands that do the most training. So training is vitally important. And then, you know, what are the restrictions? Uh, uh, do they have a protected territory? I mean, there's a lot of, um, I, I don't want to spend all our time on this, but there's a lot of uh, Uh, help a a good broker is going to provide in researching those uh, uh, a couple concepts. The bottom line is, is it going to provide them um, what it is they need? The uh, benefit of working with a broker is we're objective. I have no allegiance to any particular franchise. I have a lot at my disposal. My allegiance is to that client and making sure that they have the best opportunity Uh, with the best brand. You know, when I got started in this business, I wanted to have two reputations, one with the franchisors that said, when Dave Sullivan refers a client to you, they're going to be well-qualified financially. They're going to be the type of people who have the traits necessary to be successful and that they like your brand. And from a client's perspective, I want the reputation that I'm going to help you determine if business ownership is for you. And if it is, I'm going to show you brands that I've vetted, good brands that are successful and, and accomplish and help their franchisees. So I, I think that's important.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I'll add one more point that's often not seen you know, by a franchisee, but certainly a very experienced and well-connected franchise broker could um, in using your example of a brand that saw a uh, significant number of franchises uh, terminated. You know, one of the things that I recommend my clients to do is, you know, look at, you know, item two, looking at the experience factor of the leadership team and find out if there are new leaders on the team. I, I know, you know, Steve Greenbaum, founder and CEO of PostNet, Recently sold Postnet, um, recently went on with a, a, a fairly uh, young brand and making some significant changes. And the fact that Steve's, you know, at the helm, um, to me is a big um, a, a thing to weigh in whether or not I would recommend a, a franchise candidate uh, to that type of organization because of you know Steve's leadership and what we know in the uh, industry will probably be a successful trend for that brand. Dave, before we uh, head down the stretch, I'd like to remind our listeners that Franchising & You is also sponsored by the professionals at Retail Solutions who help franchisees locate, negotiate for, and lease or purchase the retail space, building sites or build-to-suits best suitable for their new business ventures. Retail Solutions represents national and regional retail and franchise clients wherever their business growth leads them. You can find them on the web at RetailSolutionsRE.com. Dave. are there any warning signs that stick out in your mind that could help someone realize that a franchise broker may not be acting in their best interest? You know, I, I look at a,
0: a couple things. One, if, if, if they are pushing, you know, it's, there are a few, I mean, there's great brokers out there. So, I mean, obviously there's a mix. I've watched, brokers look at the same concept, two different businesses. One is a little more qualified for, and a better brand, but the commission's half what the less lesser business is. And there are some brokers, and they have the reputation, and you can see it online, that they're going to push the franchises that they make, that make the most money with. And that's always a bad sign. If any broker is pushing them towards a particular brand, uh, that's always, uh, to me, a red flag. Are they easy to be uh, contacted? Uh, I met a broker when I first got started in this business. He said, listen, I work from 10 o'clock to 4. If somebody wants to talk to me after that, they're not going to have to talk to me. This is my schedule, and this is the way it is. Wow. And I thought <laughs> – wow and 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 this lady was with a, a big franchise group okay and i thought wow i'd love to have her <laughs> you know so i i think having them uh, be accessible is important um but i really would watch and see what do they do what's their heart what's their background how many people have they helped I mean, when I first got into to, uh, franchise brokering, if somebody said, how many of you helped? I remember one guy was the first one I sold in Connecticut. Um, I said, how many of you helped? I said, you're going to be number one. So congratulations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, he's still in the business, by the way, still doing well, yeah. um, Dennis well, is his name. but.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so I,
0: you know, those, those are, yeah, those are things that, uh, and who you associate with too. The part of the organization, we're not lone wolves out there. Uh, There are a few, but most brokers have an association with a franchise group. So not only do they have the um, the support, you know, the knowledge themselves, but they have the support uh, of a group of like-minded people who you know, are at different stages in their growth. So I'd watch people who, number one, don't spend time with me. Number two, are not accessible. Number three, just throw information. Number four, if they concentrate in their interview with me on my money is their primary concern, I have a major problem with that. So those are some of the things, Paul, I guess off the top of my head, I would say, you know.
1: Yeah, if they're pushing too much for one particular brand, and it and it it's definitely going to raise uh, a flag. I know one uh, broker that I spoke with was interested in one of uh, Foundry brands, and of course, with Foundry brands, we we work hand in hand with the as their exclusive development partner. So if they wanted to uh, uh, get into that system, they had to come to us, and and the broker. Uh, right away, the only thing he was worried about was the commission, and we said, "Well, the franchise fee is this, and the commission is this." And he said, "Well, that's too low," and so I'm going to show him something else. And I said, "But you said that this was the ideal brand for your your client, and in addition to that, you said your client specifically was interested in this brand. Are you really doing a service firm or a disservice by taking them elsewhere?" your own uh, gratification and reward. And, um, mm-hmm. and he directed them in, a, in, a, in, another, in another direction. I was sad to see that. Um, Dave, what last points of advice uh, would you give to individuals thinking about engaging with a franchise broker?
0: Uh, first of all, engage with one. Don't do this on your own. There is absolutely no reason to do it on your own. Uh, with the with the information overload that's out there, it is tough deciphering this. So don't go it alone. But if you're going to work with a franchise broker, work with one that basically is identified by the IFA. Do they have the experience? Do they care about you know those things? But definitely use a broker. I could not imagine looking at franchising today and not having a qualified broker take me by the hand and walk me through the process. I deal with a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, Paul, who are franchise owners, have been franchise owners. They still seek the advice of franchise consultants, franchise brokers. Why? It's because they know their value. Uh, and we, you know, I, I look at, there are, um, four, uh, uh, what I call, uh, you know, values. One, we're going to uh, monetize time, uh, mm-hmm. education. Uh, we're going to make sure that, um, uh, that they're not wasting their time, they're not investing money in money in something, that they're not going to be you know, successful at I and, I and I tell people that you're going to be scared when you start a business. If you're not scared, you're not a human being. And <laughs> the, sure. only time the, the only time the fear goes away is once their business is up and running and they're generating significant income and they're happy with what they do. So I will Absolutely. tell anybody that, that you know, the, the fear is going to be there. I don't care how knowledgeable – and, Paul, I know you deal with S- CEOs of huge corporations – multimillionaires, successful business people. And I've had a a few of those kind of people myself and they still need our help. So my advice is don't go this alone when you don't need to.
1: Dave, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being my guest this morning on franchising and you, I really appreciate it. If any of our listening audience wants to get in touch with you directly, uh, how may they do so?
0: Uh, They can call me at uh, 954 289-4744, Two eight nine four seven four four, 4744 or they can uh, email me at Dave at Priority,
1: the number one, franchising.com. Thanks, Dave. Remember, you can take a deeper dive into franchising and specifically about sustainable franchising by listening to me and my co-host, Stan Friedman, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Franchise Today, now in its ninth year. Find us at blogtalkradio.com slash franchise today. Well, that's it for this week on Franchising and You. We'll return with our next live broadcast on Saturday, September 8th, as we'll be taking next weekend off to celebrate the Labor Day holiday weekend. Of course, thank you for including Franchising and You as you explore the wonderful world of franchising and business ownership. Dream it, wish it, do it. We're excited to be part of your quest towards franchise success. Have a great day. You gotta be so cold To make it in this world
0: Yeah, you're a natural Living your life cutthroat You gotta be so cold Yeah, you're a natural Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. you you're a... With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
1: You gotta be so cold to make it in this world.
0: Yeah, you're a natural, living your life cutthroat. You gotta be so cold. Yeah, you're a natural. Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay.